Hey everybody, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck, and we're back, and we actually have this cool new studio that we're meeting in right now, and uh, and, and we're going to do something a little different in the podcast that I cannot wait to tell you about, but I also want to do a big shout out. Lauren, Lauren Proust is with us, and she's on camera. Ooh. Lauren just went over one Billion street, no, billion. one million, yeah, not a billion. That, he's prophetic, he's prophetic. Yeah, that's billion coming soon. That's no, awesome. one million streams. I did the billion as a joke on purpose. Uh, one, one million streams uh, of her song, Carried Away. And uh, I am so excited for her and for, for what that happens. And if you've never checked out her music, you've got to go check out her music. So on Spotify, you would just search for Lauren Proust and it'll pop up and you can like make her a favorite channel which I did. And then also, uh, uh, if you haven't checked out the song Fern, you got to check out Fern. And there's others uh, too, but a million. I know, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like my my stuff, I'm lucky to get a thousand. <laughs> so I'm in, in, in a room with a celebrity. So it's pretty fun. And Tracy's here with me too. And uh, I have two extra special guests who are with me I'll tell you about in a minute. But let me tell you where we're headed. Is that... In my podcast and in my sermon, Lauren, uh, you would probably know this. uh, The number one thing that people come to me for has to do with prophecy. Uh, So the sermons I do on prophecy grow at a higher and higher and higher rate, one of which YouTube took down, by the way, uh, which I'm kind of intrigued by that, uh, that they chose to take it down. Um, But here's what I want to tell you is that I believe that What's Up with Pastor Chuck, the podcast, uh, what we're going to be doing as we look at things, we're going to be looking at things through a prophetic lens. Now, why is that? Because we're living in the last days. And Jesus told us in the last days we should be prepared. Uh, Actually, interestingly, in Titus chapter 2, it says that when we look for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that ought to cause us to live sensibly, soberly, and righteously in the world we're in. So what am I saying about that? Is I, I don't want you to be freaked out because we never live by fear, we live by faith. I don't want you to be negative because people of faith are positive. I, I want you to know that when we see a problem, we look to God for a solution, but we know the world we're living in. And one of the things the Bible tells us is in that world, people's love will grow cold. And I believe You can't look around very long and not see people's love has grown cold. And it's getting colder and colder, meaner and meaner. The second thing the Bible says is we'll go from light to darkness and we'll call evil good and good evil. And so what I want you to know that that when we talk about what's up, we're not going to get negative, but we are going to get honest. And then also, not only do I want to talk about problems, but I want to talk about God's solution. And so the opening of this particular series on the podcast now is going to be called I'm Concerned. Because during my time away, seeking God, calling out to God, studying God's word, I I got more and more and more concerned. I'm concerned for my grandchildren, and I spent time with them, and we talked about what they're facing. And my fifth grade granddaughter should not be facing what she's facing. Um, I could get pretty emotional about that. She is so loving and kind and full of life. And there are so many things trying to take that away from her. And no fifth grader that back in my day would have been assaulted by those things. But she is now constantly. Um, And so 
I believe that's a sign of the last days. So we'll be talking about that and other things like that. But I wanted to open up our podcast by having two of my friends on. Uh, One is Pastor Stephen McKinley, who uh, is now our pastor of SIA College Young Adults. Right, Stephen? Yeah, he was our junior high pastor, and my granddaughter loves Stephen. Oh, I Um, miss her. She's awesome. She does love you. Oh, she's great. Yeah, when I told her you were preaching on a weekend, so she already went and listened. So, no. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really extra cool. And then another guy who's here right now is another guy I love, Pastor Sawyer McKenzie, who's the pastor of our HSM High School Ministry. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sawyer, we got you from Alabama. And Steve, we got you from New York. You yeah. yeah, man, we just bring in people from all over. All right. So uh, anyway, I'm super excited they're here today because we're going to talk about just this whole idea of I'm concerned, but I, I want to even know, are you guys concerned? So let me ask it this way. Uh, both of you are married to amazing women, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stephen uh, is married uh, to Jessica, who's incredible. And you yes, met her here. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Serving in high school ministry, actually. Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, key in on that. Why should you serve if you're single? <laughs> and come, then come serve at HSM and meet your spouse. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Not see Saw you. You met your Joe. You met Joe here, right? I did. Coming on my interview uh, to be the high school mission pastor, met her, and then finally moved here. And then three months later, I was dating her. So, yeah. 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 Come to church. Super exciting. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, your wife. Yeah. So we're concerned for all you. Don't come to church. That's why you're missing out. Um, <laughs> But, but here's the thing. How many kids do you guys want to have? We want to have three. Three? Three, yep. Okay. I want a big family. Joe wants like four. I want five or six. Oh. But that means we'll probably have four. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The question isn't usually how many do you want yeah, to have. Yeah. It's how True. Many yeah. yeah. Tim Roberts would know that. He wanted two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then three, four. You get, anyway, yeah. Um, so here's the thing I want to talk about because you guys uh, work with the next generation who mm-hmm. we love and care about. But by the way, I want to say this. Everything we're going to talk about affects everybody. Yeah. But I think we all, I can't imagine we don't all get concerned that our youngest and most vulnerable are being assaulted by these things. Mm-hmm. And I think assaulted maybe even a lighter way of saying the kind of devastation and toll it takes. Um, but you guys, I want to ask you almost from the lens of not just a next-gen pastor, even though it is from the lens of a next-gen pastor, yeah. but as someone who's going to have kids one day. I mean, because you're, you're talking with uh, college people, high school people, junior yeah. high people, all, both of you are, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're seeing the hurt, you're seeing the pain, you're seeing the damage being done to them. Then there's got to be something in the back of your mind saying, I'm going to have children one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about when you look at that through that lens, what are some things you're concerned about? Stephen, go ahead. Yeah, I would say uh, I'm concerned about the content that they're being fed. Uh, working with middle schoolers for the last three years, uh, I heard this saying one time, and it's like we, we give students phones with, without like, teaching them what the internet is or anything like that we just give them a phone it's like cool and it's like you know giving them a car and they never gone through driving school or anything like that and just like here's a car here are the keys just drive around and i it's so scary that uh they're younger and younger needing phones because you know their parents are working they're walking home from school it's a it's a pretty dangerous world out there um but also the the information they have at their fingertips it is scary um, and that's what we've been talking about. At Jessica and I have like, man, we're going to 
introduce kids into this world one day, mm-hmm. and it is a scary world, scary place to be, yeah. and the the information that they could feed themselves is right there. Everything. That's good. Oh yeah, no, I agree. And when let's and let's even kind of go back to that. Um, no matter how protective a parent is, I, I think we'd be naive to think that we can guard them from all of For the sure. content that's coming. Sure. Uh, and we're a church that actually is a little more open than some churches yeah. would even be. Um, but the content that comes is, is, is giving children at an age they can't handle it yeah. uh, topics that they have to deal with, yes. I, I think. And, and so um, I, I think you're right. I would even say the scary thing to me, it's become entertainment. Yes. Things that they should never be hearing should be is come entertainment. So even though I want to get to you in a second, Sawyer. Uh, a passage I think about is in Romans chapter 1, 18 to 32. I'm going to read the whole thing, you guys. So, But but this is one that I, I think describes our day and time. It definitely described other days and times. Mm-hmm. But by the way, some people go, well, it's been like that before. Well, first of all, I think it's worse today. Second of all, if something's horrible, like there's been Nazism, that doesn't mean like, oh, it's no big deal. Um, you know, so in Romans 1, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. That's all that content that's coming towards them mm-hmm. who suppress the truth. Interesting. That's a thing that concerns me yeah. is the suppression of truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God has made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so they are without excuse. By the way, no one has an excuse, God says. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their speculations. Their foolish heart were darkened. Listen to the next part professing to be wise and make a lot of what's going on today. People think they're smarter than God. By the way, people today think they're smarter than God. It says, professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the form of a corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. This is where it gets heavy. Therefore, because they've given up on God, and not listening to God. Therefore, God gave them over to the lusts of their heart to impurity. And that's what gets me. I was telling you guys, my, my grand, my, even my, my eight-year-old granddaughter, the impurity she's exposed to, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. That's what we're going to talk about in a minute. Degrading passions. For the women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned and their desire for one another, men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. And God gave them over to a, now here's the key word too, a depraved mind. Mm -hmm. And so much of what I see out on the media today, the entertainment world today, is depraved. It's depravity. And it's being glorified. And it says things which are not proper, but being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. That's the, what's been coming out in the movies in the next few weeks. And they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, mm. without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God and those who practice such things are worthy of death, 
They do. They not only do the same, but they give hearty approval to those who practice them. Stephen, that's why I jumped in that really long passage. Yeah. The word hearty approval means they applaud. Yeah. It actually yeah. means a standing ovation. Wow. And um, I think sometimes I watch even the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. I watch uh, Apple TV. I'll turn on Netflix. And people are cheering for things, applauding things that are depraved. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that content that's coming. Yeah. And uh, even in, in children's shows, it's just coming yeah. at them, you know. And, and by the way, that's assaulting their identity. It's suppressing truth. Yeah. Uh, it's calling for them to have de- degraded and deprived, uh, depraved passions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's that. Anyway, I preached already. <laughs> no, uh, but, Sawyer, you know, you were saying some things about how you know the content's out there. But what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I agree with Steve, and I was even going to say, like, the casual side of sin and the normalization of sin, but you even took it a step further and say it's not just casualized, it's, it's celebrated and it's praised. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that my wife and I, Jordan, we've talked about is one day when we have kids, we know that um, they're going to be exposed. Yeah. Um, there's no, there is no filter great enough to prevent them from being exposed to any form of content, um, now we can still do our job and we can make sure that we can set up barriers and defenses. Yes. And, and, you know, if our kids would ever get to the point where they have a phone, there's definitely going to be, you know, barriers there, <laughs> whatever. But even still at school, um, in sports, in clubs, in friend groups, they're going to be exposed to content. So, um, I think the biggest thing that we can do is to outweigh the bad content with the good, good content. Um, the, the amount of time that they spend with their friends and at school and with in the world, we need to make sure that we are spending even more time pouring into them, feeding truth to them, mm-hmm. yeah. giving them the word, showing them to God, planting them in church where it's not just us, but, but the church speaking to them in the right community, in the right uh, leadership, in the right spiritual authority, and, and making sure that um, with the world that they're going to be exposed to, they are first being rooted and planted in the right content and the truth that they need to be able to stand up so that when they face those things, they've already got the foundation built to where they know that's a lie, that's wrong, that's sin. I choose not to listen to that because that's because we're not going to be able to do anything to prevent them from being exposed to the world, but we can definitely do something to to root them in in a foundation that's not going to fail them and to set them up for success. Uh, ahead of that time. So that's, I think, what we're going to focus on. That's good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and I really get that. And, and um, you know, Stephen, you were saying one of the things you think is so important is when a, a student, one of, one of the, your children come home to you, that you got to be careful not to overreact yes. when they bring up the issue, that's right? Good. Yeah, and it's creating a safe place yeah. where, where they could ask those questions because, like, we're talking about they're being fed these these thoughts and these lies, what we see as lies, but they might not see as lies right away because it's being applaud and and people are like yeah this is the right way this is how you're supposed to live when they're coming home with those questions if we just freak out you're talking about what are you serious they're not going to want to open up to us but if we're like hey so tell me what'd you learn we ask better questions and we have a dialogue with them and then we could get to a place where we're like hey we we don't you know we build our life on truth not on a on a rocky foundation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not on sand yeah and i think that one thing paul said in here the suppression of truth um, by the way, I'm going to just say this because I'll be getting into it later. Uh, it scares me that when COVID came out, I watched even Christians suppress truth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so they, they, they were actually not realizing they're buying into society yeah. that suppresses truth. Yeah. And they thought the answer is to suppress more truth. And it's like, no, Christians aren't afraid of the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're not afraid to have the discussion, uh, I think, is one of the keys, you know, especially if you can do that in a, in, you know, in a way that's safe. And, yeah. But what are some of the lies you're watching some of the students you, you minister to buy into that concern you? Mm. So many, honestly. Um, and one of the biggest ones that pops into mind um, that we've talked about before probably is just the lie of sexuality um, and even more so identity. Um, and it's so hard to, to approach that conversation with high school students, with college young adults, with junior high students in a world that it's just um, anything goes and everything goes. And, and not only that, if there's anything in question, um, our world is not actually telling them like even if, even in the lie of like, hey, there's so many different options, they're not actually telling them like, hey, explore all the options. If they see something out of place, they're like, oh, you are this. Like they're, te- they're almost telling them, preaching to them, this is what you should be because this is what's popular right now or whatever it is. And it's being, I mean, it's being accepted and it's being praised. And I've seen so many students um, struggle with lust and with sin and with doubt and with, with identity issues but because of the, the world that they're being exposed to and the friends that they're around, they will come to me and they say, I am gay, I am pansexual, I am gender fluid, I am this and that. And I'll start having conversations. Okay, why, tell me how you got here. How are you, why are you feeling this way? And after digging and digging and just, just creating conversation with them, I'll realize a lot of the times they're just being sold on it and they're just being like told, hey, this is what I am. And, and they don't have the truth being, being told to them enough to say, hey, you are, um, you know, you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with all these things, and that, that's, that's normal that you're going through that. But here's what God says about you. You are fearfully and wonderfully created, and God has a plan for you and a design for you, and they're just not getting enough of that right now, um, which is really heartbreaking because once they've been sold the lie, it's really hard to get them back sold on the truth. Mm. Oh, and I totally hard. agree, and I think that's where, um, first of all, I'm going to go to a very young mm-hmm. age, you know, mm-hmm. fourth, fifth grader who's being um, hit with content that talks about, you know, um, you know, the kind of sexuality mm-hmm. you, you should be looking for. A fourth and fifth grader shouldn't be thinking about sexuality. Mm-hmm. They need to be thinking about playing with forts and, mm-hmm. and army yeah. men and, and uh, you know, dolls or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but they're being told that they're at that age supposed to start acting and thinking that way, either heterosexually or homosexually, mm-hmm. um, by the way, you know, uh, gay or not. Yep. And, and so you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're too young to even be on that. Uh, and so that assault on innocence yep. starts an assault on identity. Mm-hmm. And we know today, we know today psychologically, the Bible says it's wrong. Yeah. But psychologically, we know that you can't have secure attachment if you practice casual sex. Mm-hmm. And without secure attachment, you can't be a secure person. Mm-hmm. We also know that um, the reality is, is when people get sucked into a loss of identity, that they tend to have high, high rates of anxiety and depression, which is what we're also seeing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all of this concerns all of us, you and I, all the three of us, not because we want to attack anybody, but because we care for people. Wouldn't you say that's true? Absolutely. Yeah, to see people going through that, struggling, and you're like, dude, you know the truth, or maybe you don't know the truth. We want to tell you the truth and get you to a place where you could be firm in, in who you are mm-hmm. um, and not wishy-washy and like, I think this is who I am. I'm not sure. Um, and so I hate to see, we all hate to see people, you know, wrestling with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, if the things that you guys are dealing with now, I went back when I was in next-gen ministry, would have shocked me. <laughs> yeah. And now it's every week. You yeah, know, it's just right. your every week uh, of, of talking and caring and loving on people. And, and um, I think it's important to point out, you know, I know, Cyrus, you were bringing it up. You know, you're dealing with uh, high school students who are struggling with these things. But the first thing you try to create for them here is a safe place to yeah. be honest yeah. about what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, that's been, a, that's been a tough battle to figure out how my team and I are going to do that because what we want to do is we want to stand for truth. Mm-hmm. But we also don't want to see them come to the door and then tell us this thing and be like, well, that's wrong. You have to change right yeah. now because they're just not going to hear any other word that we say. So um, with students like that, we're having to balance, okay, well, let's sit down, let's hear them. But let's also make sure that every time that we get a chance to talk to them, we are, are, we are definitely speaking truth into the lives that they're being sold yep. and um, finding the, the balance like Jesus mm-hmm. did of love and truth, not being too heavy on, on the, you know, oh, it's okay, whatever you feel is fine. But then also not being too firm on just like, nope, you're wrong, you got to change right now to find that, find that perfect spot that Jesus always walked is, is so important. Um, and it's hard. And also to bring in the idea, well, we have other students who are also dealing with identity issues. And so if we have a student come who um, is, you know, changing their identity week to week, their sexual identity, um, we can't put them in this a girl's group one week and a guy's group the next week and confuse even those students. And, and we can't do that. So yeah. we've got to okay, how do we handle this? Do we, do we pull them aside and just meet one-on-one with them? Mm-hmm. Um, do we allow them to go to, to the group that their birth certificate says is their sexual identity, but they don't, um, they don't feel they are? Like, so, so having to find that balance, um, and I think the best way to do that is intentionality, um, to not let them just, okay, we'll see what they do. You know? yeah. No, we've got we've to be upfront and make sure, okay, hey, let's go pursue that person um, to be honest and say, here's what we believe, um, but we also want to hear you and want to make sure that we understand what you're mm-hmm. thinking and why you're feeling this way. Um, and now let's talk. Let's get to the root of the problem. Let's, let's find out what's going on yeah. and how can we benefit you. And, and so it's a process for sure, but yeah. it's so important. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with right now an ongoing, an ongoing process an ongoing road to make sure that we're pointing people to Jesus in the right way. And know? I think it's like speaking truth in love. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't even know how long ago, maybe a few months ago now I was talking about homosexuality to our middle schoolers and I was talking about how, Hey, we love you. If that's you, yep. we love you, but we love you so much. We're going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, a student came over to one of the girls after and said, hey, uh, do you love me? And the girl's like, yeah. She's like, even though I'm gay? And the girl's like, yeah, that doesn't change. And so I think creating a place where no matter who you are, we're we're all dealing with our own stuff. We're all sinful people. And so how can we create a space where no matter what you're going through, you could come, come. and we're going to tell you the truth, but we're also going to love you. But we're going to be there for you. And be there for you. We're going to give you a hug. We're going to say, okay, how can we help? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah, I think that's super important because uh, one thing that um, we won't do at Crossroads is sacrifice truth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the Bible talks about truth and kindness. Yes. We also won't tra- sacrifice kindness, yeah. and uh, because you can't do one, you can't have one without the other, and, and be righteous and follow Jesus and and do that. And I think sometimes, you know, without a doubt, you know, as long, I think it's super helpful to anybody who's a part of the LGBTQI community. I, this is my opinion. Some of you out there who are watching may not agree with this one, but I think it's super helpful that they know when they come that we're not going to agree with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going to be able to talk us into any other view than the Bible's view, but they also need to know we're never going to stop caring for them and loving them. 
but we're the one place they can come to. The church is the one place they can come to. That when, and I've had this happen over and over, I'll have someone from the LGBTQI community come and say, like, I don't like how I feel. I don't like who I am. Um, I, can anyone help me change? Mm-hmm. And we'll say yes. Yeah. And a lot of people say, no, 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 you got to accept you are. Well, they have to accept something they don't like. They have to accept. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. If you don't like who you are, then, then maybe something's happening that you can become more and more discover who you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, and we can walk people through that journey. We've yeah. done it successfully over yeah. and over. You know. And, you know, I've seen that. You mentioned the celebration earlier of sin. Um, one of the things that I've seen, I think, hurts so bad in people like that where they're they're in a season of life where they're just like, I don't like who I am right now. I don't like how I feel. I don't like all this stuff. But I do like that I'm being celebrated by a lot of people. And mm. I do like that I can have pride in something or whatever. And so they hold on to that one thing because of, of fear of like, okay, that's the only thing in my life right now that I'm enjoying. And, and everything else I want to fix um, so I'm willing to fix whatever, like to do whatever I can to fix it, except for let go of this one thing, because this is the one thing that I like. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, it's, I think the, the celebration piece of sin that you mentioned is so destructive because mm-hmm. it really is hurting them. Um, but it's the one thing that they're enjoying that they like, that they can hold on to, um, mm-hmm. that's preventing them from really receiving truth and receiving healing in a lot of ways that they need, which breaks my heart. Yeah. yeah and Sawyer, I would say this, that, um, one of the concerns that I have when any of this pops up is when people think their purpose in life is sexual. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's not. Yeah. Uh, that is not even close to what sex is intended to be by God. Or that anybody should believe that that is the one purpose of their life. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- that's not, that's not what, what people need to understand they were made for or should live for. Yeah. And uh, you, you're right, they hold on to that one thing, and it's sexual. Yeah. And then it's gonna it's gonna crumble. It's yeah. gonna pass away. It's it's going to be fleeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's got to be something more, something better, uh, that they were made for. And Absolutely. that's where your identity is found. I think. Right. So, what is our purpose? I want to flip around on you. I, I'm curious. I, I would say our purpose number one is to have a relationship with God and to yeah. glorify God, and to live a life that's God honoring. Mm-hmm. And God has given each one of us an individual specific purpose to live that out. I love it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when I when you start thinking about it is before the foundation of the world, the Bible says in Psalm 139, God wrote your purpose and yeah. God wrote your purpose and God wrote my purpose. And it's who we're made to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not being somebody you're not made to be because when you find your purpose, you go, this is what I was made for, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so uh, my number one purpose is to live a life that gives glory to God. Yeah. But I will do that. I'll do that differently than each of you will yeah. do it. Uh, although we all three preach the word, right. uh, which is part of our purpose, <laughs> but but we're going to do it differently. Yeah. But but then that's the unique and wonderful and amazing thing about it, mm-hmm. you know. But if I don't, if I'm trying to live a purpose that doesn't glorify God, I know already that's going to in the end uh, be something that passes away yeah. because our purpose is eternal. Yep. Uh, and I think that's the thing that's so important about all of this. Mm-hmm. It's it's eternal, and that one of the reasons. And by the way. Uh, let me say this in case anyone's listening that hasn't been a part of a Crossroads family. Uh, we have brought up LGBTQI. We brought up homosexuality or gay. Um, but we here at our church teach that all sex outside of marriage is wrong. Yeah. And we don't name just one. Yeah. Uh, so yes. that's really important to know. You might say, is it, why is that important? Well, because we don't center on any one issue. We, we center on issues that in the end will hurt you. 
And, and I believe with all my heart that that's what you need to understand. Sin hurts. Sin, mm-hmm. sin causes harm. And so, and I, we all share in that, right? Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. I have yeah. students who are, um, not at all struggling with homosexuality, but are definitely struggling with sexual sin. Yeah. Um, whether that be with their significant other or even with porn or in lust. And, yeah. and, um, that's extremely celebrated right now in our culture, especially in the youth. And it just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, it is, it's all, it's all sin. And when we talk about the sexual sin, it's not just homosexuality. It's, it, you're right. It's, it's any sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I personally am concerned because, and you guys know me. So anybody who doesn't know me, I don't feel like I'm like, you know, ultra conservative prudish guy, mm-hmm. but so much of what has put out on uh, just literally for everybody to see the youngest child out there really is still pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, we've just lowered the, 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 the bar of, uh, you know, so much. And, um, what, what, what we know is true biblically is it's sin. Yeah. What we know psychologically is that pornography actually takes a, uh, takes a toll on people so that they don't know how to have intimacy. Yep. So that's what's so intriguing about it is that, that when you look at what God said, God said it's wrong, and now we see it through studies, the outcome is an yeah. inability to have a truly intimate relationship. Yeah. And yet, I bet money, that's what you guys are seeing happen yeah. amongst high college age, high school, even junior high, right? Yeah. You just went through a dating series, right? At, at, y'all went through a dating series, yep. see ya? And we, we preached on, I, the topic I got was sex, and uh, preached on that, you know, how it, it hurts people. It hurts God, it hurts mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there was a lot of, I use this analogy of, uh, a fire pit and I took wood out of the fire pit and I'm like a lot of us when we take sex out of its original design that God intended it to be between a husband and wife in a marriage context when we take it out of that it's hurtful and it's a sin and uh, I put the firewood on top of the bed and I'm like a lot of us we're starting fires in all the wrong places um, and a lot of people didn't know that you know fooling around with your boyfriend or girlfriend that's a sin just not, not only you know the the penetration part of it. I don't know if I could say that. Uh, but but it, it, it's a sin. And uh, regardless, um, any sexual sin is sin. And so I think highlighting that too is like, because we're speaking to a lot of people that... You bring up a really yeah. good point about, so yeah, not to get too graphic or anything. I'm sorry, but you're right. No, sorry. this was this is a very popular opinion in even church culture in the youth um, who they, you know, kids who are growing up somewhat in church, you know, um, and they have somewhat of knowledge of, okay, okay, I know that sex is bad until marriage or whatever. So they kind of draw that line right there. Okay, I can't have, I can't have vaginal sex, right? But then they'll cross all of these other lines with yeah. their boyfriend or girlfriend, not ever knowing that it's sinful or destructive. And you're right, with the, with the porn thing, even in their harming their, their mental health and their spiritual health and their emotional health, not ever knowing that. Why? Because they're only hearing one part of the truth, but they're hearing 99 lies yeah. every single day, which is like, well, this part is normal and this is fine and everyone does this and mm-hmm. look at this and look at that. And um, it's so destructive. So that's mm-hmm. a great, dude, that, I remember watching that message. That message was awesome. I love okay. that. Yeah. yeah, Ezekiel 23 actually says, and again, we don't want to be graphic, but the breasts of a woman are virgin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, so virginity is not just, you know, protecting you know, a, a consummation type moment, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's, it's any kind of sexual activity in any part of the intimate parts of yeah. your body. Mm-hmm. And, but, but it's literally, the Bible lays it out very clearly yeah. that the line's way different mm-hmm. than what we think. Yeah. And you're right. But a lot of Christian people don't know that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that's because we suppress the truth and we don't study the word mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and that becomes the danger. And of course the word of God will set you free yeah. and everything else will put you in bondage. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So uh, let me go back to the thing. We'll just go ahead and kind of close with yeah. this. Uh, concerned. Uh, if you said, um, when you look at the people you're ministering to today, you may, I'm going to take you just to college and yeah. you to high school. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how, and 10 being really, really bad and one being no big deal, how much concern do you have over the harm that the students or, net or, or that you're dealing yeah. with are experiencing mentally and physically uh, in their lives almost every day? Well, what would you say, a scale of one to 10, what's your concern? <laughs> I'm about to break my own rule. Anytime I do a scale of one to 10 thing, I will never go all the way to 10 because I always believe it can get better. If someone's like, how good with it is perfect, I'm always like, it was a nine because I could probably <laughs> find something better. But it legitimately is a 10. Yeah. Um, and, and you asked Talia, my boss, she'll back it up. It is, I talk about it all the time, it is by far the most burdensome thing about my job is, um, I'm trying not to get emotional, it, it wears me down mm-hmm. how much damage these students are experiencing yeah. because of sin that they're not even realizing is sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I mean, I see so many students come to the door who are hurt and they're troubled and they're wanting to get help, um, mm-hmm. but they won't receive 99% of what we say. Um, and it's not out of, you know, I refuse to listen to Pastor Story. It's just like, I don't agree with it. I don't believe it mm-hmm. because I'm hearing so many other things that disagree with it. And it really does. It weighs me down and it concerns me. And it's only getting worse. I don't see anything as far as the world goes that is is starting to shift gears, go toward a, a better note with that stuff. So it's, it's a 10 for me, how concerned I am for that. Okay, yeah. Steven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say a 10 for sure. And as you're tearing up, I'm not going to lie to you, I, was, I found myself crying last night just, just hearing stories and seeing things of, of people that, that are literally in, in bondage. They're, they're struggling. They're hurting. They don't even realize they're hurting. And then it's, it's a matter of time. And in the moment, they don't know what to do. They're like, my house is on fire. Boom. And uh, so it's just, it's a 10 for sure, and I, I, I'm appreciative of what we get to do, but it also is one of those things where we, we carry those burdens with us, um, but I'm, I'm loving that we get to have these conversations yep. and help people come alongside them and say, hey, there's more for you, yeah. and uh, you can That's work good. through that pain. You can work through all of that, um, but, but here's the truth, and I want to come alongside you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm obviously a lot older than you guys, and you guys are on the front line with the next generation right now. Um, and I, t- I would agree with you today. I, I'm at a 10. That's why I want to do the podcasts that are going to come, even though it's going to maybe even possibly create a little controversy. I, I never do that on purpose, but if it does, it does. But when I was doing next-gen ministry in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, it would have been a 5, 6, or 7. Mm-hmm. It has gotten worse. Um, And the harm has gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And the anxiety is higher. The depression is deeper. Uh, The suicide and uh, the cutting and the self-harm. And um, the reason we do what we do is because we care. And it is a burden. It's a burden to bear. It's a burden to bear. And uh, I pray for you guys a lot. I, I really do. Because I believe you're facing heavier issues and 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 harder situations than we would face on a weekly basis and you're facing them on a weekly mm-hmm. basis you know i might hit them at a summer camp where it came up or it might have been at a retreat or or one time someone came forward and you guys it's every single week mm-hmm. 
And uh, so anybody who's a parent out there ought to be praying for these guys and all our staff who are dealing with that. But what I want to do in the coming weeks is go into some of the things that are issues that I would say now there is a 10-level concern, but what are the answers that can come? And uh, there are answers. See, that's the thing. The Word of God gives the answer. God gives the answer. And so we're going to deal with that. Uh, and so I want to encourage you to do this. If you've never subscribed uh, to this podcast, subscribe to it. So when it comes out, you know what's come out. It's available. And you're going to be able to either watch or listen to what we're talking about. Uh, if this has been helpful to you, I'd love for you to share it with someone else. And even more in the coming weeks, I would encourage you to share it and say, hey, I'd like you to listen to this. Let's have a discussion about it. Or I'd like you to watch this. Let's have a discussion about it. And and I'd love to have you uh, uh, do that. So, you know, make sure and subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Make sure and hit like, or if you don't like it, go ahead and you don't like it. Uh, uh, Because by the way, fine. I want to know your opinion. And then make sure and share it with someone else. Uh, Also, by the way, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we are kicking off a brand new series on Wednesday night called How to Share Your Faith. And sharing your faith in a world like we're in today matters more than ever. But I want to give you the tools to make you more effective uh, to being able to share your faith with people uh, and and so that you can help them come to salvation away from a world that would harm them. And uh, we would love to have you be a part of that. So anyway, this is What's Up with Pastor check and what's up today is on a scale of one to ten three of us at least are pretty concerned uh, about what's going on i would love for you to answer if you have a chance and you want to put it in the comments on a scale of one to ten uh where are you at how concerned are you anyway god bless you and i hope to see you on wednesday night or in the coming podcast or on sundays god bless you guys